Welcome to Course Stories, produced by the instructional design and new media team of EdPlus at Arizona State University. In this podcast, we tell an array of course design stories alongside other ASU Online designers and faculty. On today's course story... Maybe we should just start... Do you remember how we start the podcast usually? (laughs) Remind me. He goes... Hi, I'm Mary Loader from. Wait, how does it go? Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'll be you. You be me. Sure, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, So. Oh, hi, I'm Mary Loader, and I'm an instructional designer with Arizona State University. And I'm Ricardo Leon. Uh, I'm a media developer at the same same place. Yeah, we work together. Ooh, we did it perfect. That's that's how it is. Hi, I'm Mary Loader, an instructional designer from ASU Online. I'm Ricardo Leon. I'm a media specialist at the same place. Yeah, we work together. Let's get on with the show. Okay. Hey, Mary. Hey, how's it going, Ricardo? It's going all right. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you sound sad. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. What are we talking about today? We're talking about a lot of things. Well, primarily podcasting and primarily the OLC and conferences, but we're joined by our colleagues. Oh, wow. So we're talking today about OLC Innovate. 2023, which happened back in April. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot to unpack. And we were there. And we were there. And we did a live. We did a couple of lives. Uh-huh. Not only in our own podcast, but we were in online learning in the second half, which we will post in the show notes. Crossover. You know crossover. <laughs> we actually were asked to do another crossover too. Oh, Mac yeah. Talks. I can't wait. Yeah. You'll I hear about those podcasts in part in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we did a conversation, not presentation. Correct. And we had no idea what we were going to do. But thank goodness for our colleague, Tim McKean, who's also in the room with us right now. <laughs> hey, Tim. Who Hi, everybody. ran the mic and ran the show for us in our presentation. Thank goodness for you, Tim. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And listener, listener, Liz is in the room too, so she can chime in if she wants to. Yeah, anytime. hello. Glad to be here. And Liz has <laughs> so much experience as well with the OLC in reference to you went to Accelerate last year. I did. Presented. I did. It was a lot of fun. I don't know if I have a lot of experience. It was just the one. Well, fair <laughs> enough. But it was a great opportunity, not just for presenting what Tamara and I were working on at the time, but also just to see what cool new things other people were doing. And it sounds like you guys got a very similar experience from your adventures with OLC. OLC. Yeah, Tim actually shares some really good tips along with some other folks in this episode around conferencing in general that I thought were great takeaways, at least for me listening to the conversation again. Great. (laughs) conferencing, going to conferences, it's it's hard. You have to make some really critical decisions. And there was a strategy some other folks employed as well. We talked to some people on the floor while we were there and in addition to the presentation that we had. Yeah. And some great strategies on like how to divide and conquer conferences too with your team. And then also unique ways to use podcasting was discussed throughout and like lots of good tips mm-hmm. on how to podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So absolutely, if you're a podcaster, this is an episode for you, even if you don't course design. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we brought Tim along here to uh, join us for the a wraparound conversation for the episode, which we will be playing for you. We had some really great conversations when we were out there that, you know, doesn't always happen. Tim is the floor above us here, but we don't always have these kinds of conversations because we're kind of deep in the mix of things. So traveling to another place and being in that kind of setting really helped. Yeah, it was interesting to to realize that uh, we traveled across the country to network with people in my own building. (laughs) And I had more opportunity to talk with with you guys specifically during that week at the conference, like you said, than an entire year of of working. It's so easy to get in our own silo and in our own Mm -hmm. projects uh, that sometimes we need that kind of excuse to step out of our own departments and, and just talk to our own neighbors. It was so nice getting to know you better. Yeah, that was great. When are we going to do it again? When's our next conference? Yeah, let's plan it. 
I think one of the things we talked about was the value of mixing formal and informal media. Ah, uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're the, you're the guy. When I, whenever I think of that, I think of Tim. Good. I, I feel like I talk about it too much, so I'm glad to hear that it's, <laughs> that it's still resonating and that it's still finding an audience. It's your brand, man. But I think there's, in the, especially in the area of, of instructor presence and the guys from, from podcasting in the second half. Was yeah, that, online learning in the yeah, second half. They, they, they talked about humanizing online learning, right? And, and that's one of the challenges that we're in right now. That's the phase that we're in right now is online learning went very automated and very polished at you know, it went, it swung to one extreme and now we're coming back and finding that balance of where's all the polish and where's all the high tech and, and the tools. One of our guests in the podcast, you'll hear, we'll talk about one of the lessons she learned was to keep things simple and to think iteratively and use the tools you have. And we're learning that it doesn't have to be all publisher materials and high tech interactives and all the things, you know, it's similar to the, the path that we did with PowerPoint, right? When you go too many transitions and then you realize to keep it simple, it gets better. Online learning can be the same way. We keep it simple. We use simple tools. We make it accessible. And there's more personality that comes through with that kind of personal thing, but with that kind of informal interactions with students. And there's a nice balance to be made. If you have a nicely polished lecture, but then some very informal jumping in, hey, this thing is a current event that applies to one of our topics, or here's some feedback I'm, I have on your current work that you're doing. I find it has a nice balance of polished media, but also that informal media as well. Yeah, that's incredible. Can you define informal versus formal for us? Sure. Formal media being things that are scripted, are recorded in a studio, edited, you know, produced with nice equipment and post-production. Typically, I will use formal media for things that are going to last, that, that have longevity. So you have a certain lesson that you teach and it's going to be in the course every time the course runs. That's something worth putting some production into and, and making really nice, putting some polish on it. But there are also things that are timely and are not going to last. They don't need to be in the course every time. And like a current event that applies to the course topic or specific feedback on the work that they're doing, those kind of things can be informal. And, and what I mean by informal is maybe you just picked up your cell phone and recorded a five-minute clip talking to your students just as you would in class. I think sometimes we forget that when we teach in class, we are informal, right? We make mistakes. We say, um, we, you know, we stutter a little bit. We're not perfectly scripted in class. We're not perfectly polished in class. And that's normal. That's okay. That's what our students are used to. So when we are scripted and perfectly polished, it doesn't come across as normal because we're not actors and we're not used to. One of the things that actors really have to work hard on is delivering a script in a way that doesn't sound like a script, right? And so most of us don't do a great job at that. Working, you've probably worked with instructors that came in and tried to read off a prompter and just struggled with it, right? Mm -hmm. Where just talking about their topic comes across more cleanly. Um, right. So I think there is value in there of just turn on your mic and talk to your kids and and sometimes those informal, impromptu kind of recordings will maybe even be more impactful than the ones you spent hours scripting and producing. And I like that you talked about the accessibility nature too, right? Because logging into an LMS system is a barrier to gaining access to your content. And this whole episode is really around podcasting. And what a great accessible resource if you're putting it in a space where they can literally click a link and then listen to it in their commute or while they're folding laundry, you know, just general tasks that you end up doing, but it mm -hmm. ends up being a moment to deepen the learning or reflect on the learning even more. 
So as you listen to this episode, you're going to hear my voice sounds really bad because I had just gone from another conference, the GSV conference in oh, San Diego. Oh, you were taxed. And uh, doing karaoke, I blew out my voice. So that's you're going to hear that in the recording. At least it was for a good cause. Karaoke is a good cause to lose your voice. I was going to say, can we get like a little uh, preview of the karaoke? We'll post a picture from uh, me and Mike Angeletta on stage <laughs> singing such karaoke. That's a good photo. So join us, listener for our conversation, not presentation. That's right. OLC 2023 in Nashville, Tennessee. So yeah, we're interested. What what, what was anyone's favorite uh, aspect of the conference? Because we're with it, so this episode, I think, will serve as uh, as uh, you know for our instructors and for our IDs. What what are the benefits of coming to a conference? What what kinds of things can you learn? What kinds of things did you learn? Oh, raise your oh, hand. Oh. Got to get Tim this to you. This podcast, we it's need okay. we need it. We need a microphone. We're excited in front of your face. for you to do this, but we want to capture every beautiful word you say. Okay. All right. Introduce yourself, and then tell us what you think. Okay. So my name is Christia Seves. I'm an instructional design consultant at Boise State University. And one of the things that I really appreciated at this conference was that there are simple tools to use in courses. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a lot of technology in it. And I think sometimes as instructional designers and faculty, we think that we have to put some bells and whistles and do all these things. But I went to um, one of the sessions where he showed us how to do an escape room um, using just things that you have, you know, a document, password protection, your learning management system. So simple is good. And it's as effective as having some great technology. So what do you think? Just stay there with her for a second. Because I missed that session and I wanted to go to that session. <laughs> so this is like <laughs> selfishly. Um, what were some of the tips that were given around creating that space? To think it through. Make sure that your students are set up for success. So um, some of them he didn't realize, didn't know what an escape room was. So to, you know, prepare a video or prepare something that will guide them through that process. And then also think of them when they're in the exercise or the assignment that to give them clues, how can you use the technology that you have, which was for him canvas, um, how can you interact with them so that you can give them clues if they took or put in a wrong code or took a wrong path or whatever. So that was really helpful too to think about the student. And he said that it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. It's okay. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. And you can go back and adjust things and learn from your students and make those adjustments and improve upon that. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate it. Anyone else? Like, what was a favorite experience? What are you currently present? What did you present on? Maybe you want to give a little plug and then we can add your resources to our show notes. Hi, I'm Chris Emberton. I'm with um, University of Tennessee in Knoxville, instructional designer. And actually, um, something we've been toying with and we're in the process of developing is our quality assurance review process and we want to include badges and it was actually your 
uh, Christie's session that um, kind of enlightened, gave me some enlightenment on how to incorporate badges and the importance of it and faculty um, appreciating badges and how it just gave me a lot of ideas on how we can pull it in and um, hopefully, you know, they can use it toward their, um, you know, maybe they can use it toward their tenure in the future. That's something that we're hoping for. So I enjoyed that one. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Hey, I'm uh, Jason Johnson. I'm at the University of Tennessee, Director of Online Learning and Course Production there. I think for me, I came to the conference both to present. So I presented with a colleague from the University of Kentucky on how might we humanize online education. And that's kind of been my my wicked problem tickling at the back of my head throughout this conference and picking up little bits and pieces. Had some great conversation with with you all yesterday around that uh, with vendors. We've been talking to vendors um, and with the same question. And I was in a really good session yesterday with some people from that use uh, Inscribe that were talking about belonging in the online course. And they had some really, really insightful ways to think about how we're evaluating uh, where students are in the online course. So, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. I did attend the belonging with Inscribe. I'm a big Inscribe fan. Yeah. We use them in a few places. And I caught the tail end of your uh, design thinking session with John. That was excellent. And I felt bad because I caught the tail end, but there was so much work that had taken place. I didn't want to like interrupt the work. It was yeah. really going well. There's a bunch of jam boards. Are you okay with us sharing a link to oh, a sure. fixed yeah, link? Yeah. Not that people can edit or delete on accident, but yeah, we, and I'll send you that link. We actually have a jump doc. We, we uh, already summarized all the different uh, outcomes from those different groups. Awesome. I, I mean, we just had great participation. This is an amazing conference for people to engage and participate, and that was like the perfect... We were kind of in disbelief that it actually worked as well as it did in some ways because we had 45 minutes to work our way through this problem to prototypes, and it was super quick. Um, but people were just like jumping right into it and, and it was lovely. Um, it was fabulous. And so, yeah, happy to share that out. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Anybody else? Any, any tips for attending conferences that we can give out to our listeners about how to apply for conferences, get the funding for conferences, uh, how to pack for conferences? <laughs> Does anyone have any, any, Good any shoes. Good, shoes. Good shoes. Good shoes. Yes. Yes. I'll say, Tim, Tim, do you have? Yeah. yeah. So I'll say that one of the tips that I got ahead of time and, and really helped me was to try to be intentional about having a goal for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I was telling my wife before I came, like, I feel like I have this huge opportunity. I'm just going to blow it. But um, <laughs> like, so there's so many options in each block, right? There's 15 different things you could go and everything you choose, you're not choosing 14 other things. I'm like, I'm missing everything. Um, but I, I set myself a goal of really looking at things that, that looked at uh, building community around courses and around programs and uh, about hybrid, uh, hybrid learning and hybrid course design. And that really helped me as I was looking at the 15 things that I had to say no to, like help me feel better about, okay, that doesn't align with my primary goal, right? <laughs> uh, even though that's probably a really good session, that's not the primary reason I'm here. So uh, it helped me a little bit feel better about the things that I chose and didn't choose. So that might be a thing. But yeah, I was just shocked at like how many different options there were and so many great sessions all at the same time. Yeah, so, so 
I want to take a quick vote. So say you're in a session and you realize that it's not for you. It's not really aligned with why you're in there. <laughs> do you get up and leave? Yes. We yes. got people nodding. We got people yeah. put their hands up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get if you need oh, to go, that's you're fair. welcome. When it's to. awkward, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you leave? You're the only person who came. <laughs> <laughs> If it's two or three people, you got to stay. I'm sorry. There's, yeah, there's socially. Else is more important than helping those people feel like they're being. Yeah, sure. 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 You're a nice sure. guy, Jason. Yeah. And we want to thank everyone here for, for play, placating us and staying for the rest of the session. Yeah, we know there are other really good sessions at the same time. I'm just leaving. That we're also like, dang. <laughs> you can leave, but first you got to say your name on the podcast. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That'll really put you on the spotlight. But there are times when you realize that the, the par- uh, parameters of the session aren't aren't going to apply to you, right? Sure. And and when you've already said, you know, realize that there's other things that you could get value from or, or potentially could get value from, I would say that it's mostly, I, I endorse getting up and going because mm-hmm. it, you don't want to, you know, you do the sunk cost fallacy and say, I'm going to sit here for an hour because right. I sat down. Instead, like I'm going to... Oh, I'm sorry? Yeah, that's a good one. Wait, come over. If you don't rule. mind, we got to get that captured. That's a good rule. Yeah. And what is your name, by the way, and what, what school are you from? My name is Claire Wilkinson. I'm from McLennan Community College in Waco, Texas. We also have our own podcast. Awesome. Oh. Please feel free to plug and send us a link. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh, awesome. Uh, we'd love that. Um, but yeah, I have a 15-minute rule. I sit down, and if they don't win me over in 15 minutes, I get up and walk out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good rule. I mean, it's the same as if you're teaching. You know, you need to engage your learners. You need to engage your audience. And if I'm not feeling engaged, then I leave. That's a good rule. Time is our most valuable resource. Wait, plug your podcast. Don't pass the mic yet. What's the name of it? I'm a little shy. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) It's called Mac Talks. Um, So our our mascot is a Highlander and his name is Mac. M-A-C or M-A-C-K or M-A-K? M-A-C. Okay. Yeah. And like Highlander, like the movie or like a Scotsman? Like a Scotsman. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're instructional designers. We have a whole team and we interview faculty and we want to just reveal their awesome online course design and share some great things that they're doing that are kind of out of normal, you know? So how do you source your faculty? How do we choose them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So our director of center teacher, a center of teaching and learning and our coordinator of uh, instructional design and innovation, um, they kind of come together and they they've been working there for like so long. <laughs> so they know some great people um, through what they've been doing and um, they know some of the great things that they're doing. So so far they have kind of chosen. But awesome. If we do um, through our IDI team, if we do see some great course design as we're evaluating courses, then we want to make sure that we reach out to those faculty and ask them to come on the podcast. It's great. Thank you so much. How many of you here are uh, have your own podcast? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's plug the next podcast. I'm only laugh- I was only laughing because that was me laughing. Uh, <laughs> I was only laughing because we've run into a number of people along the way to have their own podcast. Their own podcast, yes. so, yeah. Uh, the aforementioned uh, colleague who I did the session with on uh, a design thinking session, we have one uh, that's called Online Learning in the Second Half. And it's found at onlinelearningpodcast.com. Still, yeah. we can't believe it was available either. I know. It's That's amazing. so lucky. Yeah. This is a kind of a more of a positive like side oh, tangent. Great. 
after. It's not what I was asking for, but right, yeah, that's right. Great. I know. I, I, just, <laughs> I like to take your questions and just put it <laughs> into you. you know something that I'm interested in talking. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's but, what a podcast is, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, we went to Groon Guitars, right? So we were talking to them because they have guitars.com. That's their URL. Wow. Nice. Oh, online learning in the second half. That's their podcast, John and uh, Jason. They're awesome, by the way. Just fabulous human beings to offer us the space to come in and have that conversation. But their podcast is really fun to listen to. So if you haven't actually gone to listen to their podcast, we'll put it in the show notes, like I said again. Um, but fabulous dudes. Yeah. And if you need an entryway, we're, we appeared on one of their episodes. Yeah. We'll definitely post that episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> online learning in the second half. So uh, how many of you are here who would like to start your own podcast at your institutions? Yeah, I'm I'm intimidated by it and because I already have such a big workload as an instructional design consultant and I'm sitting here as you three have been talking about it and I'm thinking how much time do they dedicate to this and then how do they get their regular job stuff done and so on and so and plus you guys I see that you respond to people when they you know, post things or do things. So then you've got that as well. So is this a full-time job or no. what? No. <laughs> Wait, no. God, it'd be so awesome if this was our only job. I, I think with, with, with core stories, it's uh, it takes a village. So oh, we yeah. actually, you know, we pull in our ID. So the ID who's doing running the interview will be doing a scheduling. We'll be doing the pre-interview and uh, connecting with the, the instructor, which also probably helps them because sometimes they're not always uh, familiar with the instructor right. that they're going to be interviewing. They write the show notes also. They write the show notes, the show Huge page. Huge help. Yeah. First so, season I did it myself and I was like, oh, I'm dying. Like I'm just drowning in work. I would be up to like nine o'clock at night trying to get the episode published for the next morning. It was just, it was a lot. Sometimes I still do that. But That's also the, it is a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> but also you can, you can kind of tailor it so that you have, so we do seasons. You know, instead yeah. of doing some weekly show, we do every other week for a season. So that way we have six episodes per semester. And that's a little uh, better for our bandwidth. We do find, though, we're still like under the gun because the Absolutely. process of creating a podcast is, and especially ours, because we we do two separate recordings, right? We do the original interview and then we do our overlay conversation after the conversation is completed. So that alone, probably around three hours. Then the editing process uh, praise all that is holy in Ricardo Leon, because that is the <laughs> hardest process for us. Now, he's also been training other people on his team to do it. So Jeff Aguila has been completing mm-hmm. these for us. Aubrey's going to do one for us. So we're starting to pull more people in as we recognize how much work it is. But we were doing all of the work in the first season. Yeah, and you you have a, a pretty large team, right? Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have a lot of resources, but also, so I'm producing other podcasts for ASU, and some of those are three episodes a semester, or they're they're doing quarterly episodes. As long as you you're sharing it out to your listeners and making sure that people are informed that you're doing you know episodes, I think that you're you're okay not to have that quotidian every week kind of thing that we listen to every day, you know, that you, you don't have to be responsible for that, I think. How do you guys pack for a conference? Any tips? Anything? Was there anything special consideration? I know that for me, as a media person, I've always got 
to have to have field recorders and microphones and and so I am often wrapping my uh, my mics with pajamas and socks and all sorts <laughs> of things to make sure that everything is nice and safe. Is there any special considerations that you guys make in terms of packing or traveling when you are uh, doing this? Because you're at work. Essentially, too. You know, Absolutely. Gotta... But then you have to have fun clothes because every time you're done with the conference, like there's still hangout time. You're still conferencing, really. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to dinner, you are going to dinner potentially in your conference clothes. Or did you want to change? Maybe mm-hmm. you need another outfit that day. So I'll say when I did OLC, we were in Florida. And of course, we were at the Dolphin and Swan right next to Epcot, Disney World, the whole thing. And as a big Disney fan, my biggest struggle was how many Loungefly matching backpacks to take with my matching ears. <laughs> so that was a really hard thing. Uh, the work stuff was actually really easy. I just maroon and gold and black matching ASU outfits. Of course, my ASU ears. But yeah, it was the post-conference outfits that really got me. <laughs> how do I How do I Disney bound professionally? <laughs> Ricardo, do you plan post-conference outfits? Uh, shorts, sure. Like, especially, you know, we <laughs> That's were not in... something I would have ever thought of. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a tough one because, yeah, I mean, we were in Nashville, so it was a little humid. But then we were also, we went downtown to the Broadway district. And so we wanted to keep our conference closed a little bit so we can look nice as we, we stepped out on the town that evening. Do you guys use packing cubes? What? I do. What's I don't a know what that is. Cube? They're like fabric kind of compressing little cubes. It's like a little oh. square cube. Bags and within bags. Yeah, it's bags within bags. Um, hmm. I do use them. I've taken a couple approaches. Do I use the bag to put in one day's outfit? So I just pull the bag and it's got everything I need. Or do I separate by category? So I have a bag for t-shirts, a bag for bottoms, bag for accoutrements, whatever. What is this technology that it's compressing things down? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> so I, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, yep, Got to introduce. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Uh, Fred Selegdi. I'm an uh, instructional designer at the University of Virginia's Darden School of Business. And we do have a podcast and I can't remember the names of all the podcasts we have, but I'm, so I'm not going to plug those. But my wife and I, we have a personal YouTube channel that we do. Oh, cool. I'm actually, I'm not going to plug that. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> because, I get it. Because we're not personalities. We're we're behind the scenes and yeah. we don't, we don't want to be personalities. Uh-huh. Um, it's the ASMR. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just me tapping my fingers on the table. <laughs> but what I'll say is if you're interested in making a podcast, just go ahead and do it. Just do it. Yeah. But, but with a caveat, take the amount of content that you think you want to do and cut it in half. Yeah. So if you say, I want to publish weekly, start by saying, I'm going to publish every other week because it's going to take a lot more work than you realize. And that buys you double time right out of the gate. So if you want to do every month, start with every other month because you can always go faster, like down the road. And what I'll also say is definitely invest in good microphone equipment because the audio quality matters the most, even with video. And then just have fun. Have a lot of fun and just be prepared for be prepared for that pace to it'll buy you some time. And you would actually be surprised like your iPhones and probably Androids too, although I'm an iPhone user, they have really good mics. So when we do our remote recordings, we started on Zoom. But the processing, is that what it is? The processor of Zoom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it just diminishes the quality. And so it was obvious that some, some were in the studio and well. some weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, so we actually have people participate when they're remote. In Zoom in a meeting, they put some headsets on so that that sound is not coming into their open space. And then they have their cell phone recording their voice very close to them. And then we overlay those files and then sync them up. And that we've found is actually the best way for our 
purpose Mm -hmm. to capture um, the sound from a, a remote location. What's everyone's like favorite thing to take? Like what's your what's your big thing that you're like, I gotta take this. I either gotta have it for the plane ride or for the hotel, that little creature comfort from home. My toiletries, like I just like all my stuff, you know? Like I might not use it, but I want it there in case I wanna use it. That's kind of silly. No, I get that. That's the hardest part. It's yeah. very hard to not pack my entire house yeah. into this small suitcase for a three-day trip. Like I'm by myself. What if I want to give myself a facial or like do my nails? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. And there was a question over here. Tim's already on That's it. That's so much a question. Uh, my Wait, Steph- hold on. Who are you? Yeah, what school my- are you from? <laughs> okay. My name is Stephanie Ferguson and I'm an e-learning designer with uh, Trent University, which is in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Um, and we are here actually because we won one of the awards. And awesome. For Congratulations. Our and so... Um, but what I was going to suggest is sometimes it, it can be overwhelming for podcasting if you're thinking, you know, like you indefinitely have to churn out these episodes. So mm-hmm. like for this project, we have a podcast, but it's like right now there's 35 episodes. It's sort of finite. Obviously, there's room to, you know, if they want to update and add more episodes. But as it is, like that was like a manageable kind of finite package that we produced and people can listen to. It's a publication, regardless of its form, and it's something that you can point to and say, hey, this is this is something that you can engage with and learn about what we're doing. Yeah. When we first brought the idea to um, the faculty member, she was just like, oh, like, we're already doing, like, YouTube videos and, like, text content and H5P interactive activities. Like, do we really want to take on a podcast? And so because we had, like, the kind of a finite goal, like, you know, it's, you don't have to keep doing this for years to come, you know, and that was kind of more doable. Yeah. I have a question. How long are each of those episodes, those 35 episodes? They range from like, like around like 20 minutes, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not like a crazy commute. long. Yeah. That's great. Thank hey, you. We, we, we're producing some podcasts for courses as well. So those those are definitely, you know, we you're not going to have uh, continued listens uh, across uh, semesters with different students. You're, you're going to have, you know, kind of this 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 document, this this publication that will exist and be reused. You guys are playing the podcast game very well, by the way. Thank yeah, you so fabulous. Much. Thank also, you. We were like, how is this going to work? <laughs> I'm Chris Simberton, and I have to leave, but it's not because I'm not engaged. No. That's okay. okay. You were already, you were already oh, she engaged. Did. She's playing and the game you. better than anyone. Thank you for sticking with us as long as you did. Beyond the 15 minutes, so I feel like we did a good job. Yeah. I, I think we Thanks, got some Chris. sneaking out right with her, too. Yeah, that's, that's okay. okay. That's okay. And that's okay. We're going to come to your session next. That's fine. Jennifer I see you (laughs) thanks to both of you for coming and participating so I had something to add about your question about quality and about the amount of time investment Um, and Ricardo and I have been talking about this you know that there is a there's a threshold of effectiveness that you can that you can hit pretty well pretty easily with some minor investment, right? Some some correct microphones, a little bit of training on how to mic technique or how to use your recording software. But then at that level, it becomes effective and it becomes valuable regardless of how much post-production you do. Like this team does amazing post-production. They create a very uh, produced and very polished product. And that's great if you've got those resources and you've got those time. Um, but let, let time be your... Uh, your consistent and quality be your variable, right? So if you know you have two hours a week to put into it, 
then put in two hours and, and get something that's that's good. Right. And then as you get better, you can up the quality or up the production as you want to or as you as it as you become more efficient in your recording or your editing but there's going to be so much value in just having a thing that's good enough right yeah. uh, you know and i'm one of those there's always that conversation of is good enough good enough or is it bare minimum you know <laughs> but, done is better than perfect if there's yeah. instructional quality if there's instructional value in a good enough product then it's worth doing right right and, and i think one of the things one of the rules that we follow when we when we're producing podcasts is that the format is is the king you know is if you can have something that's consistent something that people can kind of rely on a, a format you know so so on, on our our program we have the intros then we have the interview we have the interjections and then we have a closer. It's a very simple format and it makes it easier for you too. You start realizing, wow, we hit 40 minutes almost all the time because we have this consistent format. I want to add on to Tim's comment because the question of time always comes up, right? Time, our, our time is valuable. It's, you know, so often we measure how long something's going to take by the first time we do it. And I can tell you right now, the first time you do a podcast, the first time you do a a video, any of those things, the first time is going to be the longest. Mm -hmm. The fifth time is going to take longer than the 10th time you do it. The 10th is going to take longer than the 50th time you do it. And, you know, over time, I've developed efficiencies. You know, I've got keyboard shortcuts and all these Mm -hmm. kinds of things that now the amount of time it takes me to produce a higher quality video and, you know, easily the same thing with podcasts, the amount of time it takes me to create a higher quality product compared to what I did the first time or even the fifth or 10th time, it's, it's night and day. And so make sure that you're not using those first few times that you do it as the measuring stick for what it's going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. You can always remove those uh, older episodes if you, if you feel like you've uh, uh, evolved beyond them. Yeah, and I'll echo that as well. Our you can use our podcast as a um, people that are listening as a comparison. Uh, we have a team of two, which we do very much in our spare time, and we decided on the front end that we couldn't we couldn't dedicate that much time to it. So one of the things we do is use technology to our advantage. We do use Zoom. We do record. We just use the Zoom recordings, not because I don't know how to get a better recording, but because we, we don't want to deal with it, the time that it right, takes right. to even layer in the digital workstation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we use a, we also use a program called Descript, D-E-S script. Our Zoom file goes right into that. It transcribes it and then it's shared like a, like a SharePoint or a Microsoft Word file that both John and I edit like a Word file. You can hit a button and it will take out all your ums and all your filler words if you want to. It doesn't sound fantastic. It's going to, yours admittedly sounds better. <laughs> and we're okay with that just because mm-hmm. of the, t- we don't have a team and we don't have the time. Right, right. And so, but it's functional. Right. And we try to get a good quality enough that it communicates. We can take out filler words. We can copy and paste things around. And then if you wanted to, you could export it directly to an audio file then to put up. Um, and it actually will even go right to your podcast platform from Descript. If you wanted to do that, we do a little bit of editing with music afterwards. And, and but then, at this point, uh, it's a template, right? You have your music yeah. and you're just dragging and dropping uh, right. that to once the next. The first, yep. Once you get the first episode done, as you were saying, and you just put it in there and it's pretty simple in that way. So yeah, I really encourage people if they want to do it. It's just, you know, Talking and writing and having these conversations, it's thinking. It's thinking through things. It's having right. a, it's opening up a wider conversation to other people. And I think it's so important and it's so good. Yeah. Well, and, then, and that's how the academic thing works, right? Share ideas and then get feedback. Yeah. If mm-hmm. we all keep our ideas to ourselves, it doesn't work. Anything for you, Tim? Any like must haves? 
No, I'd try to keep it simple. I'd, I kind of pack with the rule that you pack and then you take out a quarter of the stuff. Mm. Mm. And so you, anything that doesn't bring you intentionally, joy, <laughs> intentionally scale down more than you, than you think you're going to need. We're because dudes. You probably won't it's need it. It's different for dudes. I, mean, I was like, that's the Coco Chanel approach. Right, right, right. Look in the take mirror, one take uh-huh. one thing off. It's like the Coco Chanel for packing. We'll call it the Tim McKean packing trick. <laughs> It comes from it comes from like a camping background. Like if yeah, you're, yeah, if you're yeah. backpacking, you don't want to carry stuff that you're not going to use. And how, I mean, did you bring home clean clothes? Oh, that's Probably. funny. So it's like there's the plus one model for integration of things into your course. Just pick one thing you can change. And then yeah. there's the minus one model for packing for, for packing. conferences. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> plus one, minus one. We do have a call to action, though, don't we? Yeah, well, Tim, Tim, uh, what, can you can you kind of with the Uber drive back? Uh, oh, that's right. You 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 gave us a great call to action. Yeah. So the, one of the the things we talked about was that the value in interviewing faculty and and using faculty as your your resource for training is that faculty really uh, value each other's opinions very highly, right? And uh, and as an instructional d- designer, uh, I feel like sometimes I am seen as an outsider. Right. Uh, and but if I can go and interview a, a faculty member and it sounds like several of you are doing very similar kind of things of interviewing and using that as training. And that is so valuable because they see their peer doing it and that gives it uh, legitimacy. But it also establishes that community of now I know if, you know, I know that uh, Jason's doing a certain strategy in his class. If I want to try that, I can go talk to him. Right. And, and another thing that, that came to mind, too, was this idea of locality. Uh, as, as you all are talking about your podcast, since I'm thinking they're all kind of doing the same podcast, you know, do, do we need 18 podcasts about interactive, you know, course design? And, and kind of I thought, maybe yes, right? There, there is value in, it, in that locality of like, this is the people I know on my campus that are doing this. Mm-hmm. And so now I, I'm building community and I know what other people are doing. There's so many silos and divisions in, in schools that just, um, even if the audience is just in your own location, there's still incredible value there and incredible community to be built. So we would encourage you to Give it a go. Even if you think, I don't need to do it. Mary and Ricardo are already doing it, right? Why should I redo what ASU is doing? And, and the answer is because it's valuable to your faculty and to their students. And we'd also like to kind of maybe extend our community, our Core Stories community, out to you all. We've, we've given you the links there. If you would like to just, on your cell phone, interview one of your faculty uh, about a course design. And we'd love to share that out and make that part of our, our, our program and part of something that we share out as well. And so that's our call to action is to, to please follow up. And, and if you just want to share a personal course story or, or something about the OLC conference, we, it's, it's, a, it's a form that you can just upload an audio file too and we'd we'd love to hear from you and if you want to get more audience to your podcast sending them a course yes. story will help expand both audiences yes and, all, and, all, and those of you who have who have podcasts we'd love to do some more crossovers we did we, we were able to to join in on a, another podcast earlier uh yesterday and and we'd love to kind of continue building that community with you all and that is a great segue to the closing of our episode so does anybody have anything they'd like to plug we've already heard from mac mac talks Mac Talks, M A C T A L K S. Mac Talks. Where can they find you? Anywhere podcasts are found? Uh, Anchor 
Anchor. Yeah, basically anywhere. Yeah, Spotify. so if you're not familiar, if you wherever you host your podcast, wherever you upload your podcast, usually it's a subscription-based thing. It'll create what it's called an RSS feed, and you can just submit that to iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. That'll become part of a subscription thing where people can subscribe to your podcast and be and make it available to everybody. That's one of our philosophies. We kind of had discussions early on. Do we want this to be available to everyone? Yes, absolutely. We want to be able to be agnostic when it comes to where these this, these things are being shared. And then we have online learning in the second half, online learning online, podcast. Online learning podcast.com. Any other plugs in the room? This is um, understanding homelessness in Canada. Oh, under understanding homelessness in Canada. Yeah, it's on voice and radio. Awesome. On voice and radio. And that's in Ontario? Yeah, yeah. So there's 35 episodes on the channel. I will likely go listen to that. I like the social-oriented podcasts. We definitely want to highlight you and your bravery in speaking today because it is awkward being in these spaces and, like, sharing. And so we thank you. And thank you to all who have attended. We hope that you found something from the session. Thank you for being here. Our first live show. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode, our first live episode at the OLC 2023. I think it went pretty well, considering we didn't know what we were doing like until sure. the night before when we go to dinner with Tim, and he's like, how about I hold the mic? And I go around the room, and we're like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was great. We, we plied Tim with enough barbecue that... Uh, he, it was pretty good barbecue. He joined in with us, yeah. No, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for helping us out, Tim. It was actually super fun to not only do the experience of presenting at the OLC highly recommend but hanging out with our colleagues getting to know each other a little bit better and being there to support one another it just felt really like an awesome community building opportunity Mm -hmm. for all of us absolutely community building is key yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well does anybody want to add anything before we we wrap up this episode go to the OLC's website check out what they have offered I mean there's definitely two conferences every year that we would recommend Accelerate and Innovate. Mm-hmm. There's a different uh, program that they have for online learning leaders, the IELOL. So there's a lot of opportunities to engage in their space and they offer a ton of workshops and certifications and all kinds of goodies on their website. So go there and check them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Other conferences like Canvas's conference coming oh, up. That was so fun. Uh, QM does some good conferences. Anytime you can get a chance to get out of your bubble, interact with others from your own school or from other schools. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've, I've met a few people from other schools that do a similar job to me, and we've still been in communication. So I would say 80% of the benefit that I got out of going to the conference was just in the connections and in the conversations, seeing what other people are doing, knowing what other struggles are, knowing that other people struggle with the same thing. It's, it's all beneficial. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to have a conversation with us, have a little uh, get together with us, how can they reach out to us to, to make sure that we're going to be attending the next conference that they're at? Yeah, if you want to sponsor us, feel free to reach <laughs> out to Core Stories at ASU.edu. We're all available. Half microphone, we'll travel. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Wrapped in a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Course Stories is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach us at coursestories at asu.edu. Course Stories is produced by the Instructional Design and New Media team at EdPlus at Arizona State University. If you're an instructor at ASU Online, tell us your course story and we may feature it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>